You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Like everything I thought I knew this year was just thrown up in the air. Hello and welcome to the Miseducate podcast. My name is Sarah Gathugu, host and owner of the Miseducate blog and now podcast. This podcast is here to expand upon prior and future blog posts and is centered around having open and honest conversations about the aspects of life we have been misinformed on. Whether that be relationships, religion, culture, you name it, I'm here to talk about it. Each episode, I will be talking about a different topic and inviting guests to talk about their own experiences of miseducation and what they are doing to re-educate themselves. This podcast aims to make you laugh, think and inspire conversations for change. None of us have it right. We have all been miseducated. This episode is another miseducation in conversation in which I ask my guests to talk about where they feel they have been miseducated. Today, I speak with Saren Jones, a journalist at the BBC, about the misconceptions surrounding our 20s. We dive deeper into the pandemonium Pizza Express Panasonic pandemic that has just happened in 2020, hustle culture, comparison, and prioritizing yourself. My internet was really, really terrible during this interview. I'm really sorry about that. However, I do believe that the content and the gems that Saren drops will definitely make up for this. So without further ado, let's get into it. So just before we get into the interview, I like to kind of hype the other person up and kind of talk about the accolades and different things that they have done. And firstly, we have the incredible Saren, a Welsh Zimbabwean previous competitive swimmer, BAFTA-nominated broadcast journalist at the BBC, specialising in podcasts and documentaries. Additionally, she is the co-founder of the non-profit organisation BSA, the Black Swimming Association, which highlights, promotes and educates Black and ethnic minorities in aquatic sports and water safety. So welcome to the podcast. And just like, how are you? How has your year been? Yeah, thank you. Well, <laughs> now I was going to say thank you so much for that intro because you literally gassed me up. Like I didn't like listening back. I just feel like I'm. I, I never think of myself like that. So when I, you were listing everything, I was like, oh, I'm doing all right. You know, thanks, thanks, Sarah. Um, but no, thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, how have I been this year? Um, I think like everyone else, uh, tired, 
um, looking forward to the year being over, but it's definitely important to, to highlight that I'm grateful for my health during this pandemic, for the health of my family, um, for being employed and having that monthly income. Um, so as kind of tired and exhausted of 2020 as I am, and I'm, you know, I will very much admit and say with my chest that 2020 can go in the bin. Um, I'm very grateful that I am, uh, I'm healthy and I'm loved and, and I'm good. So, yeah. So the premise of this, of these types of interviews is to have like one-on-one conversations with people about the areas of life in which they feel that they've been miseducated. And so my question to you is how do you feel like you have been miseducated? I feel as though I've been miseducated about being in my 20s Um, and I know that's quite like a broad and vague statement Um, but I'm 26 um, and I am navigating my life as um, a black mixed race woman who is single, who is ambitious and who is driven um, which sounds really, really good on the outside. But what I feel miseducated about is your 20s also being a period in your life that is so vital and critical and crucial that it's also extremely overwhelming, anxiety-inducing, confusing, um, and just quite scary and really hard to understand. And I think when I was younger, I remember people, you know, not just saying, but like you'd look at movies and you'd read books and all these amazing characters who had their shit together would be in their 20s and they had so much conviction and they knew what they wanted and they knew where they were going. But I feel like I'm experiencing, although I'm experiencing an element of that, I feel like I'm experiencing another side of my 20s that I never saw promoted in the media or I never heard talked about by other people, which is a sense of loneliness, and self-doubt and insecurity at times, fragility. Um, so yeah it's kind of just like what it's like being in your 20s and being from going from the age of 20 to 29 which are just huge crucial years in your life where you change so much as a person that's so interesting I think you kind of touched on it briefly but with kind of reference to the media but where do you where do you think these expectations of your 20s where did they come from and what expectations did you have of your 20s Oh, so I expected my 20s to be, um, I'll answer the question separately. So what I expected, and then I'll probably ask you what it was again, because I'll probably forget the first one. Um, So what I expected of my 20s, I expected to have a great job that I loved, which I'm very grateful I do have. I expected to be able to own my own house or flat or property, um, which I do not. Um, I expected to be in a very solid relationship, a romantic relationship with the person who I want to spend the rest of my life with, which I am not. And I expected to be thinking about settling down, having kids, and that that part of my the next chapter of life or that society expects you to start thinking about when you are in your mid, twen- mid to late 20s. Um, so they're the expectations that I had growing up. But where they came from, like I said, I mean, when I was younger, it was definitely like, there was definitely this perception where, do you remember when you were in primary school and every now and then like a student teacher would come in and you would think that they were so much older and the women were glamorous and they were nice and they were cool and they were younger than your other teachers. So you rated them. 
but now I realized they were like 21 22 and I'm like oh my goodness so young I know they were so young I was a fool um but I guess now in this day and age you've got social media you've got so many young people especially I feel like in the community who are constantly grinding they're working really hard they've got side hustles um and within their rights they're like showing off their hard work on social media you've got the likes of Maya Jama um you've got you know LMA Stormzy Georgia Smith Marcus Rashford Raheem Sterling all these amazing people doing amazing things making big money and making a difference and making an impact and half of them are younger than me and you get to you get to a stage where you're like oh am I doing life wrong then like do I am I meant to be am I meant to be that successful or should I try and stay in my lane and I think it's a very very easy in this day and age with social media to get swept up in that in that competitiveness I guess and realizing that you know there are some people who are doing so much more um and it kind of makes you look and reflect at yourself just to see kind of to check yourself I guess how are you doing is this what you want to do am I doing things right so I think that's kind of where I am right now I think that's so interesting because I think I've also experienced that too where I've looked at I'm 22 and I've looked at my as I'm entering into my 20s and just thought oh my gosh I haven't done anything yet and also I'm like approaching graduation and it's like oh my days I haven't done anything yet I should have like I should be writing for this person and doing this and I should have this and this and this and even with um, my blog and with Miss Educate I I think especially with 2020 because everyone was having like if you're not doing anything during quarantine like what are you doing yes oh my goodness pressure on everyone and I was like oh my gosh like I need to be doing this and this and this and I need to have like 5,000 followers on Instagram and doing all this stuff and I had to like slow myself down and tell myself like what am I doing this for like who are you doing this for because if you're not doing it out of utter love for it then why are you doing it um yeah yeah. I think my next question would be like what have you in your 20s done so far like what has your 20s looked like and been like um what has my 20s looked like and been like um so I guess professionally speaking um I got myself a job straight out of university um I was really fortunate I decided I wanted to go into journalism after I studied English at uni And although I had accepted a place at Cardiff University um, to do journalism as a master's degree, I'm from Cardiff, so I thought I'd come home to do that. I actually managed to get myself a place on the BBC's journalism trainee scheme. So it's basically the scheme where the BBC hires uni graduates and trains them up for a year and it's paid. So I decided to do that. So I was 22 when I first got the job at the BBC and I've been there ever since and I've been moving around and now I'm in London I'm working on podcasts and I've done documentaries and it's been really great so um professionally speaking it's been awesome because I've in the past four years I've gained a ton of experience that I never thought I would gain I never thought I would be a podcast producer I never thought I would you know do tv reporting or um documentary reporting all the stuff that I didn't really think was for me or I didn't I never even considered for myself, um, just kind of happened. So that's been fun and I've been riding that wave. Um, I guess personally, it's been a bit of a different story because it's one of those ones where even if things are looking good on the outside, everyone's kind of got their own battles that they're battling on the inside. So um, 
when I was 22, actually the same time that I got the job at the BBC, um, I also gave up swimming. Um, and swimming for me was a huge part of my life. I was a competitor swimmer for about 13 years. Um, it was literally who I was. Like when I was growing up, I would introduce myself. I would literally be like, hi, I'm Sarah and I'm a swimmer. Like that was literally, and everyone knew me as the swimmer. So when I got to 22 and it all finished, I didn't really know what my purpose was. I was really lost, um, didn't know what to do, had this kind of big identity crisis really. Um, and was at a really low point for quite a few months. And this is despite having a really good um, opportunity to work at the BBC. So I was really conflicted because I was like, I should be feeling really happy and really grateful because I've got this brilliant opportunity to work at one of the countries and one of the world's best journalism outlets, news outlets. But I feel like I don't have a purpose and I've lost myself. So how do I, how do I balance that? Um, so there was that. Um, there was the ending of a long-term relationship that I was in for five years and me deciding that I wanted to go to walk away and to grow and to explore myself, experiences I've never had, um, which definitely was the right thing to do, but was definitely the hardest thing I pr probably had to do in my life, walking away from somebody who I love very deeply, um, but just realizing that we're no longer compatible and having to put yourself first. Um, and then honestly this year, you know, COVID has been so hard. And I think working in the media, working as a black mixed race journalist, it's been really crazy. Um, in March, I was basically just monitoring the coronavirus every day for about three months. And by monitoring it, I was monitoring the death toll. I was monitoring people in care homes who were dying. I was monitoring the R number, the rate the virus was spreading. Um, I was watching all of the coronavirus briefings um, and it was really, really heavy. And just as I thought it couldn't get any heavier, George Floyd was killed. And then we had Black Lives Matter start on top of Corona. And we had all these protests, you know, starting obviously in Minneapolis and then they spread across the world. They came to London and, you know, having to do research about police brutality in the black community, having to do research about police brutality in the black community here in the UK, you know, in England, in Wales, in Scotland, having to, you know, think about why there are more black and brown boys who are serving time than white boys in this country. Looking at racial injustice here at home, it was all really, really heavy stuff. Um, and this year has been, has it has taken its toll. Um, and, you know, I can definitely say that this year was, you know, it's an anomaly, it's an exception, and it's nothing that we, we wouldn't have foreseen and it wasn't normal. But I do think that you get to a point in your 20s where whether it's triggered by a pandemic or by the murder of a black man, um, a lot of people in the 20s do face some sort of identity crisis, which makes them just question everything. Like everything I thought I knew this year was just thrown up in the air because of the situation we were in. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's, it's quite funny when I've, I know I've been doing well professionally, but personally it kind of makes you question everything that you know, whether it's the personal stuff and the professional stuff as well, if that makes sense. It's so interesting that you've, you've kind of pointed out how, I think a lot of the time, and even in your expectations, when you look at your twenties, a lot of it is put on the appearance, the outer appearance of like professionally, I've got this and, and relationship wise and like it all, is very aesthetic and obviously the social media doesn't really help with that 
So why is there so much of an emphasis on the outer appearance rather than our mental health in our 20s? Why do we not just want ourselves just to be happy and just to be alive and just to be, especially, I think we've had more of a urgency of that with everything that's happened with the pandemic but why isn't there an urgency to take care of our mental health and our emotional well-being I think it's there I just think it's not quite the same priority yet as 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 grinding really I think a lot of us in the black community we have parents who worked really hard to get to where they are um, and there is an expectation that we do better um, and even though I think that expectation can come from family and can come from parents, I think our generation is really good at putting the expectation on ourselves. Um, and, you know, like you said, you know, in the first quarantine, if you weren't learning a foreign language or learning how to knit or bake banana bread or like getting in shape, what are you doing with your life? And there was that pressure to like to do something productive, to feel like you're you're also grinding, you're also being the best version of yourself. Um, so much so that during the second lockdown, I was so burnt out by the end that I decided going into second lockdown, I was going to do the complete opposite. I was, did not lift a finger in second lockdown. I did my work, I ate food, and I went to sleep. That is literally all I did. I just wanted to completely relax. I wanted to switch off. And I wanted to make up for all of that energy that I just burnt away the rest of the year, trying to maybe prove to myself as well as everybody else that I'm productive, that I can multitask, that I can balance. Um, but I do think that the conversation of mental health is becoming more, more prevalent in our generation. I think we're probably the first generation who's taken it seriously. Um, I just don't think we've mastered how to balance our mental health with all of these extra tasks that we want to, that we want to kind of succeed in, you know? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do think we are being more honest and open with our our mental health but I don't think we've probably got there yet um but I just wanted to touch upon this idea of like identity crisis and like the heartbreak and the anxiety which you talked about in your email but also have just briefly talked about with me and just like what does what even does an identity crisis look like in for somebody in their 20s because I think we always talk about like the midlife crisis and then sometimes talking about like the quarter life crisis where you're just kind of like oh it's there but I think it's a big phrase but with like what does that look like what is it like do you just like does it come knocking on your door and say hi I'm the quarter life crisis here you go like here's I'm gonna make you question everything is it just does it have a look does it have an appearance or does it just is it triggered, as you said, it doesn't have to be triggered by a pandemic or the death of a black man, but it can be triggered. So what does it look like? That is such a good question. Um, I think these identity crises look different for everybody. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the quarter life crisis because I feel, I do feel like I had that this year. Like I vividly remember turning 26 in June and then I remember drinking a lot I had, I think we were allowed to meet up with like three people back then. I had a very small get together with literally two friends um, outside in a park, socially distanced. And I remember like the week after, the weekend after, just crying. I just remember like waking up on a Saturday and just absolutely crying. And I didn't quite know why. I remember thinking that I was really tired. 
Um, I remember starting to feel the burnout as well. But I was like, there's something else here because I don't usually cry like this. I've always been very open with my emotions. And I think it's very healthy. It, for me, at least, it's very healthy for me to cry. I can easily cry in bursts if, and, and get some emotion out and get out my system and then and then power, power through. But this was like heavy. So I was like, okay, what's causing, why am I upset? Basically, I was trying to figure out why am I so sad? So I came to the conclusion that I was having a quarter life crisis. And it sounds worthy and weird, but I just didn't know what I wanted in me like anymore. I didn't know what I wanted for myself. I didn't know what I wanted for my friends, for my family, from society, who at the time I felt wasn't catering because of the situation of 2020. Um, so I ended up calling an older colleague of mine at the BBC and just said to her, I think I'm having a quarter life crisis and I don't know what to do with my life. And I feel like I need to really figure it out in order to be productive. Um, so I ended up talking to her. I spoke to my parents who, by the way, I got no sympathy from because they are over twice my age. And they were like, you can just go away with that thought. Um, but no, it was I, what it looked like for me. Um, it just felt really gray, I think. And as somebody who loves clarity, I'm, I am all for clarity all the time. That's how I make my decisions. That's how I get up in the morning. It's when I see my routine, everything is clear. But it was gray and it was heavy. And I think I'd be lying if I said it was unexpected. I think it depends on your personality. But I know, for example, I'm a very nostalgic person. And I always, I think very often about the past. I think that's to do with swimming and because I feel as though I haven't quite had a rush in my life since uh, swimming, basically. So I'm kind of subconsciously trying to chase that feeling. But um, I just remember, I just remember it just being really heavy and gray. Um, so I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I think I would say that it changes for everybody. Um, and it is a bit unexpected, but considering how nostalgic I get and considering I'm constantly in awe of how quickly time is passing, like I can't believe in two weeks time is Christmas, um, then yeah, maybe it wasn't that bad, that big of a shock. Maybe I should have seen it coming. In terms of when you were in that point of everything was grey and you were crying, would you say that that was when you realised, oh, the expectations and notions that I had around my 20s are completely wrong. Like, when did you know that, hey, I think I've been, I think I've miseducated myself on what I thought my life would look like, or I think I had too much of a high expectation of, of myself? I think that time cemented it for sure. Um, I think I saw it coming, but I was in denial. Um, but it was that weekend where I was like, yeah, things actually don't get me wrong your 20s are amazing you can have great fun like I have been having great fun and I love my work and I live in one of the best cities in the world I absolutely love London um but it was a wake-up call like actually life can be tough as well um and I think the definition of tough is different for everybody um but it's never fun when you're unsure of yourself I think we could agree on that it's never it's never fun when you're questioning your ability or doubting yourself or doubting your gut feelings or you know the things that you're really meant to be able to rely on your instincts you start questioning them um 
but I think I think that's something that most people can agree is 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 a discomfort, and it's quite scary when, if because if you can't really trust yourself, you kind of start thinking, oh, okay, well then, am I reliable? Can other people trust me? Um, so that's a part of the twenties that I was shocked to kind of enter because I hadn't heard any discussion about it. So finding and realizing that these are the expectations I have. These are definitely not real to how my 20s are going. How then have you re-educated yourself? How then have you evolved from that moment of feeling burnt out and feeling lost, not knowing your purpose? How then have you moved to healing? I would say if that is the appropriate word or if that's too deep, <laughs> we could just use no. re-educating. <laughs> No, I think re-educating, I think re-educating and healing kind of come hand in hand in this in this one for me. Um, the first thing I did after that was um, realize I hadn't taken a break since before the pandemic, since February. And at this point, it's September. So obviously, we love to go on summer holidays. We love to go abroad in the summer. But because of COVID, all of that was cancelled. And instead of still keeping the leave and taking the time off, I just worked through so I took some time I took about four days off work and I just did absolutely nothing I think I just laid in bed um and watched movies and ate takeaways that's literally all I did um that was probably the start of the healing because I realized in that moment where I was doing absolutely nothing um that I didn't want to be that burnt out again like I think I realized I definitely started questioning is all of this extra grinding worth grinding myself into the ground floor if that makes sense um and like I said you know obviously the news agenda was rougher than usual but I still you know had the BSA and I still had all these extra bits of work I was doing outside of the BBC which I think as a young person you're constantly saying yes because they're super exciting opportunities and why would you say no and you're learning and you're trying to get as much experience and everything as possible um so that was probably the start of me just kind of saying no and realizing health comes first. Health is definitely wealth. And I guess how I'm re-educating myself is learning that it's okay to struggle, I think. Um, I've been working really hard in 2020 to embrace being comfortable in my own company. Um, that has been a really big learn for me. And it's something that I absolutely love now. But at the time, I couldn't dissociate lonely and being alone but there's actually a huge difference between them I, I absolutely love being alone now and I'm so happy that I've managed to overcome that initial feeling of thinking that being alone meant being lonely because it doesn't um, that's one way I've definitely dealt with it I've also um, it sounds really simple and I think we all know it but honestly just switching off social media like I've muted all of my notifications. I give myself time limits on social media apps because as inspiring and brilliant as it is to see, I don't know, Maya Jama come out with her new um, like face masks for, her, for, the, for bags under your eyes, like brilliant. But like, there's just always an element of like competitiveness on social media in our community that is like constantly there. Even if you don't even know the person, I don't even know Maya Jama. So like, I don't know why it's even like affecting me, <laughs> but like, I think just taking the time to just put your phone away, be really content with the day that you've had because you've worked hard at your day job. That is just as rewarding and just as good as 
being able to start something new. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't see why we need to make ourselves feel as though we need to do more. I think if you have the time and space and resources, 100%, go for it. But I think it's going to be brilliant. But we should never do extra things because we feel obliged or pressured externally. Um, because it's never really going to end well, you know. If you don't want to do something because you don't have a love or passion for it, it never really, it never really succeeds like it should. And after going through everything that this year has really has really just put all of us through and has put you what it has put you through personally how now do you look at your 20s oh man weird and wonderful I would say like there's still a brilliant time and I'm still very aware of that even though I do feel like I'm getting older very quickly I know in hindsight I'm actually very young um I also I'm also okay with like the hard days. Um, I think it makes you a better person. It makes you stronger. It makes your skin a little bit thicker. Um, and it makes you a bit more prepared for what's next to come. Because I think it's just a reminder that life isn't always meant to be easy anyway. Um, maybe we just get caught. Oh, my battery went there, sorry. Um, maybe life isn't always meant to be easy. We just can just easily get caught up in the glamour of the grind um and I was actually speaking to a few friends of mine because I happened to be in a friendship circle with very successful women um four of my best friends like one is a tv presenter the other's a correspondent and the other's a barrister um and we were talking about like glorifying the grind and I said to them I said I, I can't believe that I kind of bought into it like I kind of I got so sucked in but I kind of lost myself a bit. And you don't have to prove to anyone that you're working hard. Like if you want to work hard, you can work hard behind closed doors and no one's going to think a thing. And then you can show the result if you even want to, but there's no obligation to do all this stuff publicly anymore. Um, and maybe that's something that just we feel pressure about. Maybe other people are steps ahead, which is great. But like, if you do feel pressure to work hard, just do it on your own terms, you know? There's a difference between working hard and working smart. And you can work really hard in a very smart way that will give you the endurance to continue, which is way more impressive than pulling all-nighters and then turning up to your day job and forgetting to eat and, and skipping meals because you don't have time. That's not smart. And that is kind of where burnout eventually comes in, I think. So, yeah, I think I think you can work just as hard as anybody else and just have to be smart about it and there was also something that you said in your email that I was like oh oh and I just had a moment where I was like hmm I don't know um okay and you said why did why did we not get the heads up why did we not get the heads up that our 20s were not going to be as glamorous as it was that the grind that you said that we glamorized the grind it's not as amazing as, you know, quick um, as everybody kind of makes it out to be. So why don't we get a heads up about our 20s? Why do we continue to glorify the grind? I'm not sure. Maybe it's all we know. And maybe part of it has to do with we're a very different generation to the generation before. Um, they were definitely grinding, I think, but they also definitely had life easier. You know, we're in a situation where 
if you're single and living in London, you probably, you're never going to afford to be able to get your own place unless you want to go shared ownership. And there are pros, but there are also lots of cons of going shared ownership. Um, but we're in situations where things, things are harder for us. You know, we're about to leave the EU very likely with a no Brexit deal. We don't know what that's going to, what issues that's going to come with. Um, we're going to be living with this virus for the foreseeable future, even when the vaccine, vaccines come out, there's a very good chance that it's still going to become a, a seasonal thing. Um, and we're living through this crazy political climate right now where there's a huge distrust in the government um, among young black people, especially. Um, so why didn't we get the heads up about trying to be like this? Maybe because they've never been like this for generations before. I'm not sure. Um, but I would have liked, you know, maybe I just was a happy-go-lucky kid and I had a really like easy childhood. So I didn't realize and maybe life was just hard for me for the first time, but yeah, I would have liked a little bit of a heads up though, that maybe your twenties isn't just about partying and having a great time, that it's about changing. It's about growing. It's about questioning yourself. It's about people coming into your life who you think are gonna stay and they don't. And it's about having new relationships, working on them to make them last and becoming the best version of yourself, which isn't an easy thing to, isn't an easy thing to do. So as you've, you've previously said, just talking about how you're embracing the, embracing the, even the hard days as well, as well as the good days as well. Um, what would you then say to people who are in their 20s or approaching their 20s? What would you tell them and advise them if they are going through this period of oh no, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing with my life? What is going on? How do I, how do I navigate this? Like, what would you then tell them? Be patient because you're not going to figure it out overnight. Unfortunately, as much as you wish you would, like that's not, that's not how it works. Um, I'm still figuring it out, to be honest. I change my mind every day about what I want. Um, I think that's part of life. And when I speak to my parents about it, who are much older they wouldn't want me to tell you how old they are but they would say like they're still figuring it out as well I think it's something that's going to stay with us and you just manage you don't get over I think you just manage it and work around it in years to come and sometimes in some years it might overwhelm you and sometimes it might shrink and you feel completely in control um but I think be patient I think be kind to yourself and love yourself and also put yourself first because Part of figuring out who you are and what you want to do, you need to be selfish and put yourself first. And that for many people actually isn't an easy thing, especially when you're so used to putting, you know, your siblings before you or your loved ones before you. Sometimes you need to take the time to just say no to people and figure out, okay, what do I want? How can I get what I want? And what will make me happy? Because at the end of the day, without sounding depressing, if you're not in your own corner, no one is and I don't mean that in the sense that people don't love you or look out for you but you do have to look out for number one because essentially that's the world we're living in so no wow that was oh that was amazing you touched on like <laughs> my the quote that my me and my sister have been saying a lot is that like we don't get over things you have to learn to manage them like things never really go away mm -hmm. um 
you can't just shoo things away. You have to learn how to manage it so that it doesn't overwhelm you, so that it doesn't take over you and your life. So yeah, I really appreciate that you've said that. that was so, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I've already said that. Have I said that question? I'm so sorry. I really do apologize no. for me not being like, because I just no, break out fine. questions from my head and then I write questions down as well. And it's like, wait, did you already say that? So no, I, honestly, I girl, it's completely fine. No, don't, <laughs> don't even, it's fine. <laughs> um, but just as we are drawing to an end, I like to say, because a lot of people will say, okay, if you could tell your younger, your younger self like something, what would you then tell them? However, I've come to realize that you are still your younger self. So you still need to advise yourself on things. So in telling others to be patient and to learn how to manage and to just kind of like enjoy the process, um, what would you tell yourself as your younger self who is still you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what I've been telling myself a lot recently, like a friend told me, and I think it's so true, trust the process Mm. because life is unpredictable we're not meant to know what happens that's like that's the beauty and the fear of it you know like we don't know where this path is going to take us we've no idea when it's going to end we've no idea who we're going to meet but you just have to trust the process even when it feels really shit and even when you you know you're having your darkest days you just have to trust that you'll be okay and whether that's, a, you know, a belief you have in God or, or a faith that you have or, you know, anything you want it to be, whether it's, you know, for me, it is just the process, but that's what it is for me. You just have to have faith in yourself and faith that you will come out of it and that things will work themselves out because they always do. Things always work themselves out. And I'm a big believer that if, if you're not happy, it's not the ending. That's what I think. You can always, you can constantly keep working and don't think that just because you're not at a good spot, you're done. Like you're never, you're never done. We are never done. So I would just keep trusting the process and keep moving one day at a time, one foot forwards in front of the other and just keep going. No, I love that. That was very beautiful. Um, Just as we are drawing to a close, I've come up with this thing called quick miseducated questions. Okay. <laughs> Just kind of like a, a flash round of kind of quick questions and things that come into your head. So yeah. without thinking too much about it, mm-hmm. there are just Love a couple this. of questions that I'm going to ask you just as we're drawing to a close. And the first okay. question is, if this podcast episode was a song, what would it be? Oh, life goes on. I don't know who sings it. Um, <laughs> Is it? Oh, hang on, hang on. I've got my, I've got my laptop here. Let me quickly search it. Um, some, um, um, no, it's not BTS. Although I'm sure they have it. Um, man, I'll have to find that. You know, I'm literally so rubbish at this. Noah and the whale. <laughs> Noah and the whale. I don't know why. Like, I had this uni friend who put it on one time, and it's really cheesy but really nice. And I think because of what we're talking about and this podcast definitely Mm. life goes on the second question is 
something people don't talk about but need to. Mm, periods. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, unpopular opinion. Oh, my God. Oh, unpopular opinion. Um, this is so hard not to think about. Unpopular opinion. Um, we are our own worst enemies. Ooh, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Mm. Um, and lastly, fake news you wish was real. Uh, oh, God. Um, oh, this is, considering I work in news, I should know this, shouldn't I, really? Uh, fake news that I wish was real, I would say, has to be... Um, Oh my God, pass. I can't and I've taken too much time. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Oh, I'm trying to remember what my friend, I interviewed my friend and he was like, what did he say? Oh, now I can't remember. But he said it so fast and I was like, do you think about that? Like on the daily? <laughs> Is this something that you just casually do? You're like, yeah, I wish that was real. Um, but fake news, you wish it was real. I have to think about that one. Honestly, I think it really trips you up because I'm like, like I the, when I wrote it down I was like I wish Tupac was actually alive in Cuba maybe he is the conspiracy oh, wow. theory that is a good one yeah oh okay I wish I wish Kobe wasn't dead I wish oh. Chubbuck Boseman wasn't dead yes there's been yeah tragedies this year tragedies those ones hit too those actually hit like too too deep they hit, they hit hard yeah they hit hard but yeah, I just want to say thank you so much. And I actually feel so privileged to have, oh, have no. interviewed you. And I'm sorry that I was like kind of a bit of a bumbling mess. I was just really nervous. No. I was like, okay, Sarah, you Sarah, you were not bumbling at all. Honestly, I really enjoyed myself. It was so nice and so therapeutic as well. And you made me feel super comfortable to be able to for me to be able to open up. So thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. But yeah, thank you so much. I can't stop saying thank you. Oh, no worries. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a long outro, guys, because the way I have written so many notes. Can I just say, we recorded this in December 2020. It is now May 2021 that I'm now editing this um, interview. And as I've been listening to it again, I've just realized how timely everything that Saren said was just so true like everything that she said just really resonated with me on a very deep level just like talking about like your 20s and stuff like that I think it's literally because like in less than two weeks I'm gonna have like my deadline my last ever deadline for university so just speak just listening to what she has said again has really resonated and kind of like echoes a lot of different things that like people in my life that are older than me have been saying to me so it's just so beautiful just to listen to it again and be like wow wow I did that interview like what and she said all this stuff and it's like ah what anyway yeah, I think everything that she said on loneliness, self-doubt, you know, expectations of, you know, having this kind of relationship, this kind of job, being, you know, owning this many property with, you know, the average 2.5 kids or whatever and all that different stuff. And even just the way that she described and came up with the imagery of 
how it feels of like having it being so gray on looking back at different things with like just a, a lens of it being gray just have questioning yourself questioning your instincts all this different stuff everything that she said I deeply like I relate to it so much and just yeah oh so good so good <laughs> oh my god but anyway what did you think of the interview and also if you are in your 20s or you're approaching your 20s or you've gone through your 20s, what were or are your expectations? What were or are your expectations of your 20s or what were your expectations of your 20s? Let me know by following Miss Educate on social media. The handle is at miss.educate on Instagram. And let me know the next topic you want to hear about. Also, don't forget to catch up on blog posts at miseducateblog.com and add your email to the subscription list so that you don't miss out on new posts and episodes. And check out the description for resources referenced in this episode and continue to watch, read, listen, educate, and then re-educate yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Saren for being my guest. It was so lovely talking to you. Make sure to rate, review, and share this podcast with a friend. And tune in next time for another discussion on the Miseducate podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, I need to go. I'm tired. <laughs>